I knew deep down that like, if I just put in a certain amount of reps, if I just do a certain amount of output, the universe is gonna get out of my freaking way, right? And the result that I want is gonna happen. I just have to get my nose in, I have to get my reps in, I have to just run the play. You're listening to the Gangstar Creative Podcast, where we talk and share real strategies, real tactics, and real stories from me and my badass guests to help Gangstar creatives and artists like you thrive in both your business and life. And I'm your host, Ivana. I'm an artist, creative entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author. Are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? If so, let's get it. What's up, Gangstars? It's your girl, Nirvana, and we have another amazing Gangstar creative this week. We got Nicholas Elliott, and he's the award-winning VP of sales for the fourth fastest growing company in the United States and runs one of the fastest growing business-to-consumer sales floors in the world. Nicholas is a highly praised speaker, four-time published author, and the CEO and founder of breakthrough coaching platform, The Upper Limits. CEO founder of Savage Fitness Sales Academy and CEO founder of Conscious Rap Label Starve Your Doubt. Nicholas has dedicated his life to being the light for both men and women who are challenged by self-sabotage, low self-esteem, and procrastination. From addiction, depression, and homelessness to building an eight-figure empire, orphan activist, and an industry-leading expert, Nicholas has turned his pain into purpose. Some of his gangstar accomplishments include booking and performing 13 live shows, filming music videos across the nation with established videographers that have shot well-known rappers like Russ and the Migos, and making $10,000 within only six months off of swag, ticket sales, etc., all while running an eight-figure phone sales team and leading over 60 people. We talk about many awesome things like how to have sales conversations as a creative and time management and so many great things, so let's hop to it. All right, Gangstars, another amazing Gangstar creative guest this week. I got Nicholas Elliott here. Bro, homie, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. Woo! What's up, D? <laughs> He's going to be bringing a lot of energy today, guys. So I'm super excited to have um, you on um, and, you know, being able to share your story and everything. So I would love for you to just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself. Who is Nicholas? Take us on a journey of where you started and where you are today. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, Dee, thank you so much for having me and to your listeners. I think it's, I, I feel especially excited today. Uh, there's a huge real say in my heart for creatives. I think that the, the, they're movers and shakers in their own life. Um, so to be on here and be talking to you guys, um, it's a great honor. I'm Nicholas Elliott Sinetsky. Uh People ask me all the time, why Nicholas Elliott? Elliott's my middle name. My mom gave it to me after... Elliot from ET. I'm a huge movie buff. Grew up on movies. <laughs> and, and, uh, I didn't even know that about your last name. That's cool. Yeah, Sineski, yeah, yeah. Polish all the way. Woo-hoo. Uh and uh yeah, born and raised uh, outside Hartford, Connecticut, a small town, graduated class sixty-five. Um, grew up, you know, broken home, came out, worked on my stuff, healed. Uh, started serving orphans, got into sales, um, and just been grinding for the past 10, 11 years. Um, I'm now responsible for almost 70 people leading an eight-figure uh, sales team, VP, Lady Boss. We're number four fast, fastest growing company, up to Inc. 5,000 in the United States. Um, also, 
yeah, four-time published author. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I like quote unquote professional traveling musician. Um, and yeah, just all around, just love following my heart and, and throwing all myself into everything that I do. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's me, yo. <laughs> I love it. I mean, taking it back a little bit, um, further, did you like always like have your mindset around sales? Like, is that like the career you had set forth? How did you even like fall into that career path? What was like your, your earlier dreams when you were younger? Yeah, I think uh long story short, I, I always wanted to be in the NBA. Like I grew up, my favorite movie, I uh, was like angels in the outfield. and <laughs> Yeah. And I always dreamed big, you know, cause I saw my parents struggle so much. I always dreamed big. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be the astronaut, but eventually fell in love with basketball and then got hurt and really lost. Like, it was almost like I lost my, my baby. I lost my dream and kind of, kind of got lost after that, started partying and all that stuff, kind of getting fights and stuff growing up. And then uh, long story short, I like stayed back my senior year in high school. And uh, one of my friends was like, Oh, Hey, let's go to uh, the beauty and the beast audition and hit on some theater girls. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) that sounds great. And, uh, that day, like literally two hours later, he's like, dude, this is lame. I'm out of here. And I actually was like loving it. Cause like, it was really cool. Theater for me was like the first place where like my baggage and my wounds weren't only like accepted, they mm-hmm. were encouraged because for me, it was like the first place. It was like my first filtration uh, process or place where I could take my 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 pain and and turn it into purpose where I could take all the things that I've been through all the fears all the anger all the the hurt and translate it into something for good long story short fell in love with theater ended up going to college for it I won an Irene Ryan scholarship and uh, best actor and a bunch of cool plays musical straight drama and and then like my second year in college my my fourth semester I just fell into like a depression. I was still working through some of behavioral and mental um, blocks. And uh, also too, I was like, man, I'm not going to make money doing this. And I lo- I wanted to make money. So I dropped out of college, mm. went home, started working 80 hours a week. And I started slinging supplements literally like out of my trunk and on forums online. And wow. I did that for like a year and fell in love with it because I loved fitness at the time and I loved acting. So I felt like it was a, a hybrid of two. And long story short, the CEO of a company that I worked for for like five years reached out to me, offered me a sales road job, and I stumbled into sales. I covered Maine down to Virginia, had over 200 accounts. I'd visit, set up sample tables, and I just started slinging uh, sales that way. And it was a beautiful blend between my artistry and just like my passion at the time, which was like I wanted to be financially successful. I didn't want to live like I, my family lived growing up. Yeah, that's how, how the sales thing began interesting it's really cool that you were able to still have like your creative background you know and then go right into something more analytical and some may find boring or some may find you know thrilling but still like they're kind of like complete opposites in the fact that even to this day you're still doing both creative work which is your music now and then also still doing uh sales for a fitness company it's interesting to see how you've been able to make that kind of follow along your your life and journey uh, up until this point, having both your creative and kind of sales background. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I still like for me, like my art. It's like it's cool because I can translate my sales ability and my business knowledge into my art and make money from it, which I have. But like for me, it's like my art isn't like my full, 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 full time thing. So that it's still that has that passion project feel. It's still the place where I can go, let all my my emotions, my blocks out. Um, and also too, I just didn't want to be the person to let another dream die. Like. I, mm-hmm. I'm still performing in, in a new retrospect. I'm not on stage or not in theater. I'm not doing like plays, but like I'm still doing music videos. I'm still um, being creative. And it's just been like a beautiful concoction of, of just like all of, all of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did you actually get into wanting to be a rapper? Yeah, so I started rapping for fun in high school. Like, we'd go to, like, the wood parties and, like, the bonfires <laughs> and the Bud Lights and the, the Paps Blue Ribbon beers and, like, in New England. It's, like, the thing. And we would just, like, freestyle each other and talk mad shit. And uh, I was always, like, one of the guys, like, that represented my high school, Gilbert. There was uh, Gilbert High School and then Regional. So some of my old friends would be like, oh, snap, bringing up the, the headbutt. Yeah, we used to, like, talk shit freestyle. And I was pretty good at <laughs> say some crazy stuff and then like I put on like Drake instrumentals and I was really passionate about it I always like would be the guy that would lock myself in a room for three hours I mean you guys saw at the baby gender reveal party at Douglas's I like went and grind in a in room in 20 minutes but I was always that guy that would like go off and just like fall fall it into the song and I think for me that's the thing I loved about hip-hop it's like it was just like a beautiful uh sandwich of like the instrumental and then nudging your your vocals into the mix and having it become aligned in one that was always like really cool for me and i think like what made me um really step into it is like i went through a breakup um when i was mm. dating that that short hair blonde girl uh you got you've met all my sisters. <laughs> uh, and uh yeah i was just like really frustrated with that breakup like i felt like i was walked all over and i just started like putting my feelings into words and I started writing some pretty pretty cool stuff and then one day I was like yeah I'm just gonna shoot a music video like I had the money like let fun let's fund something and I short I, I shot that uh drop top Porsche really song and mm-hmm. I was like oh this is fun as fuck because I I lost when I was doing that I lost all sense of time I lost all sense of worry I stopped like all the stresses I had in business and sales and all the things I carry just like went away and I found mm. the moment. And that's when I was like, okay, cool. Well, this people like this, people are listening to this and like, yo, this is he, I'm having fucking fun doing it. Like, why would I stop this? And it's mm-hmm. been like two years later and I've done some really cool shit. I mean, I've, I've, I've had sit downs with like guys like Rob Stone, platinum recording artists. I have uh, Maze on a feature coming out. He signed to tech nines label. I have Rossi Rock. I'm going to be in the studio with him tonight. You know, he was signed or is, or I don't know where he's at, to Rostrum Records, which was Max Miller's first label. I got Ill Nicky, who uh, just hit Platinum. I got um, Michael Christopher, who's closely connected with that guy's Code of the Fret. So, like, I, like, like the, the muscle, people are digging it. So, like, that's why I've been doing it and keeping putting more and more into it, more money, more time. And it's, like, it's cool because, like, I ain't rushing it. You know what I mean? It's, like, I'm having mm-hmm. so much fun that there's no like, oh, I got to hit this by this, mm-hmm. which feels freeing to me. And I, I feel like I have this beautiful balance that's keeping the, the engine going forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, you kind of have this advantage because you're doing so well in like your sales career to where 
you don't have to, how do I say it? Like let your creativity make like be a burden or be a sacrifice because like if you, if you're creative, um, work and your music was like the only thing you're doing sometimes when you're hustling so hard at that it takes away the passion takes out the fun but because you already have like a really good career you have the finances to fund like your creative passion you're able to not rush it and you kind of have that um, advantage of just being able to like figure things out and still like live in that moment and enjoy it and have fun yeah a hundred percent uh, one of the, like, the, I think, like, another thing that sticks out, too, is, like, the punches don't feel as painful, right? Mm. So, like, I feel like my, my skin's thicker. Like, the nose and the rejection aren't as, like, personal to me because I've been smacked up so much in sales. I've kind of developed this, like, no muscle. So, like, mm. going for no is no, like, for instance, like, I remember it was last year. It was, like, three days after that huge earthquake that we had uh, around July 4th. And I performed at this um, backyard party and I showed up and there was li literally like nobody there. And I'm like, there's literally <laughs> nobody here. And like, I'm here oh, man. the DJ and I'm about to go on. There's like nobody there. So like, I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to do it. So I just grabbed the mic, started performing and nobody. And then guess what? This chick comes out with like people behind her and she literally grabs the mic and she starts talking shit to me. And like making fun of me, what? like putting me down. And I was so like pumped. I wasn't, re I didn't feel sad or rejected. I was so fucking pumped. And I'm, this is where like my sales training, like this is where the advantage was. I was able to, my perspective was healthy. And I was like, wow, this is as bad as it's ever going to get. And like after that moment, that was the worst that I ever got. Cause I knew like I was talented. I knew that I had the hustle. I knew that like, I would push through and it was like that was the advantage coming from business and artistry it's like my my no muscle stronger um i'm not phased by rejection i'm just like it's like what i'm trying to do i'm trying to get rejected i'm trying to train humans how to get rejected and still get what they want you know what i mean so i feel like that that's yeah. definitely without that like fine without that like doesn't matter because there's plenty of people out there that have money you know what I mean and like do art mm -hmm. but never make it it's just like I feel like that's the, the advantage that I took mm, man I'm sorry to hear that that happened no it that's was so beautiful I'm so thankful <laughs> I know but like it's, I just hate when people are just mean for no reason that's just me <laughs> she, she, was, she was super drunk so I was like it was whatever but like yeah. it was the worst it ever got you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I've done like 14 shows I've done two out of state I've made five thousand dollars flying out to Houston to perform and speak on sales and then rap for fans and move merch so it's like <laughs> had I not gotten that fucking no you know I would have I wouldn't be as strong as I am today with the journey that I, I'm on with my music you know what I mean yeah absolutely what would be some of like Something that you would recommend to the listener, because, you know, confidence and that rejection and saying no is definitely a big fear for anybody, but I feel like it's definitely um, strong in the creative community. For someone listening that obviously most likely doesn't have like the sales background that you do, the extensive sales background that you do, where you're every day, you know, you're talking to people, selling people and hearing no's and dealing with objections and things like that. What would you recommend that could help a creative like build that sort of confidence and kind of build that sort of 
resilience against, you know, rejection and getting those no's? Yeah, there's a, there's a book called Go For No. It's, it's a short little yellow book. I think it's Tony Alessandra. No, Richard Fenton and Andrea Waltz. Super short book. And actually, this, I did this for like six months in my sales career. And the thing is, is that it's transferable into any industry. It's where you actually set your goal, not just like dials, combos, and revenue, but whatever it is, you set, you set your goal to hit a certain amount of rejection, right? Like mm-hmm. I need to get told no 10 times today. So like for creatives that are selling beats or going to book shows or shooting cold emails or intros or trying to get features at a good price, it's like setting your goal to get rejected a certain amount of time. Because the reality is, is for every certain amount of no's that you get, you're going to get a certain amount of yeses. And I, uh, the second thing is to like gamify your output, right? So stretch your thermometer. So example, right? My sales floor and where it's at right now is nothing sh- short of just a, a quantified and uh, compoundable result of belief system. So meaning I've had people come in where they did $500 in a day and it was like crazy amount of revenue. But my background was coming from a floor where people are doing $10,000 a day in supplement sales. So my belief system was at $10,000. My, my uh, financial capability thermometer, thermometer, my workout per put thermometer was at $10,000. And everybody that came in, I would always say, hit $2,000 in a day. Someone's going to do it. Might as well be you. And then someone mm-hmm. will come in and hit $2,000. Right. And I say, hit $5,000. Someone's going to come in and do it. Might as well be you. And then somebody hit it. And then someone came in and hit 11. Right. So it's like for me, and I think this was another advantage I had was like, I knew deep down that like, if I just put in a certain amount of reps, if I just do a certain amount of output, the universe is going to get out of my freaking way. Right. And the result that I want is going to happen. I just have to get my nose in. I have to get my reps in. I have to just run the play. Like I always tell myself people run the play. So I tell myself in this, this football field, just run the fucking play. Right. And that's why I've been able mm-hmm. to do more. I think the past year I've done 14 shows. I've done over 40 tracks. I have already 13 music videos and I have four features, all blue check, all uh, associated with major labels and hadn't prior to that year, like no freaking hip hop experience. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just, yeah, like, believe that I was worth it. I, I believe that like, I was worth it. I, and I knew that I could do it based off like, the theory of just like, if you just believe and you, you have fun and you put in the reps, you're going to get what you want. So I think like, I think that's like where I see a lot of like creatives fail, because I have a theater background. I see a lot of people I went to college with struggling. It's like, dude, just put more reps in, dude. Just put, mm-hmm. Get the output out there. Just go get rejected more. Go to more auditions ask for bigger money you know especially for your people that are paying just like pitch ten thousand dollars just do it (laughs) do it you may shake and you may get nauseous after and wet yourself a little bit but like eventually someone's gonna say yes you know yeah and after that you're like shit now my belief system's at 10k let's go for 25 you know what i mean yeah no i love everything that you shared really um, especially like one you know, practicing and aiming, setting a goal for the amount of no's and rejections that you get. And then also just how you touched on just having that and building that mindset of, you know, have be feeling like and knowing that you're worth the amount of money that you, you know, want to earn and want to make 
um, from your creative craft or from your creative career. And I think it's so important to touch on too, like that thermometer example you were saying, like you were at 10,000, but somebody was at like 500. And that's also a reason why I love, you know, having different types of creatives like yourself on the podcast. And even from my experience, you know, being part of different masterminds and surrounding myself with all different types of people, wealthy people. It's just like when you have that mindset around, you know, what your limit is, like you're expanding what your limit is as far as like the idea and concept of money. Like there's so much power in that and how that can push you further and get you further faster just by like believing that you can close a deal for $10,000 when some people that are listening right now are probably like $10,000, man, I'd be happy if I just got $200. You know what I'm saying? But there's so much magic to just be like, no, like, let me just shoot for it and see what happens. Cause eventually you are going to get that. Yes. You know what, do you know what helped me a lot with money mindset and asking big, like if you go to the mall, like, and you go to like the clothing area, do you know what stores always have like, especially now with COVID have lines out the building? Gucci and Louis and if you look at the people in the line there's not that they're they're everyday average people right it's just like people mm-hmm. want, they want luxury they want value so like to me it's like well there's people in that highway there's people traveling in those those fast lanes you know what I mean mm-hmm. so like, I just gotta be the person to ask in that lane and then someone's gonna say yeah that's just my mindset it's like people are shopping big so like might as well just ask big <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. How would you help somebody like who's struggling with balancing kind of their, let's say like day job, corporate job that they may like or love, or maybe they don't like or love um, and like doing their creative passion because that can be really hard for a lot of people. You know, I know I'm sure a lot of people listening, like have that day job and maybe they like it or don't love it. Um, but they have their creative stuff, but they don't know how to like balance both. And they really want to take the creative stuff further. It seems like you've been able to figure out a way to balance it all and make it all work for you and your lifestyle. So is there any tips, uh, around that? hundred percent. So like in leadership, like when something breaks, like I, I'll always say this, it's, it's, it's probably not a a person problem. It's probably a process problem. 99.9% of the time it's a process problem never a person problem so people that have trouble like carrying all the weight they think there's something wrong with them like I, I can't do it I'm too busy that's where those beliefs come in and if you believe that thing then your, of course your behavior is going to reflect those beliefs right and rarely do they mm-hmm. just realize it's a process problem and the process problem with a lot of people that have trouble carrying a lot of things because the reality is like Tony Robbins has 1200 employees it's not that like he's any better or any more worthy or any more skilled than somebody just as his capacity is at a higher level and he has the processes that can support that volume of, you know, team support. So like my rules of thumb is like, if it's not in the calendar, it ain't going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's the first thing, like most people just, they don't, they don't set up. If you look at my calendar right now, it's, it's filled by the minute. And I feel like as you, you, you take on more responsibility, you take on more employees, you take on bigger dreams, like, the level to which you take on your calendar is also going to reflect that thing. So what I like to do is like, I live by, if it don't hit the calendar, it don't happen. And if it don't get in the airlock, it don't happen. So your airlock is your, like your iCloud to do list. So what I like to do is, is I, I create buckets in my world, right? I got my business buckets, got my wealth bucket, 
I got my health bucket, I got my lifestyle bucket, and then I have my relationships and my service bucket. I got five buckets in my life, right? And it's kind of like writing a book, right? I got five main chapters. Within those chapters is the table of contents. And those are the, the broken down buckets within that bucket. So business, lady boss, I got my side uh, consulting hustle, and I got my music. Those are my three buckets within that thing. And I just break it down. And then I have a goal for each bucket, like a top line banner goal. Like if you go to like Madison Square Garden, it's like the headline banner goal. And then what I do is like once a week for two to four hours, I update my airlock. All the hmm. things that need to get executed, the processes, the playbooks, the scripts, the conversations I need to have, um, all, the, all the things that are going to push that banner goal forward. And then what I do is, is I prioritize that list. Like these are the most important things in order that need to happen. There's like A task, B task, C task, right? A is absolutely crucial, must happen. B, definitely priority, but not an A. And C is like, can wait. And then what I do is, is like I go through and I time block how long is it going to take to make this thing happen, right? And then what I do is, is once I figure out how long I think it's going to take, I just take it and I put it in the calendar. I put it in the calendar. I set up an agenda for that one specific thing. Like here's all the things I need to do. I show up, I pull up my calendar and I got it listed for me. It's kind of like hungry, hungry hippo. I just got to go through and do the thing, do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. And literally like it's a productivity engine. I, I owe credit to like uh, Brandon and Kalen, my, my leaders and Alex Charpin. Those are the brains behind that. And I've just like learned it, applied it, and honestly, like, I'll, like it's, I, it's the one thing, like that infrastructure of action, it's like what allows me to do more in a week than most people do in like six months. It's crazy. It's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's cool that you're creative, but you're like an analytical creative, which I am too. So like when you share like processes and systems, I'm like, yes, I love it. You know, and I think that's something that a lot of creatives struggle with is having processes and systems, not only like thinking in terms of like your business, but like your life and like your structure and of your days and weeks and months. And I think a tip for your listeners, because a lot of people are going to hear that and they're going to get overwhelmed. Yeah, no, totally. You know what I mean? Because like, we're 10 steps ahead in retrospect to analytical thinking and systems and pro not, not everybody's like a freaking like uh, a, a genius. You know what I mean? Like, I, well, let me say that not everybody has an entrepreneurial mindset. There's creatives that mm -hmm. are just awesome artists, but they don't have like the business muscle mindset. You would just take four hours to literally just rewind this podcast and just listen to what I said step by step. And you just sat down and did that created your buckets, your subdivisions, all the things that need to get done and not judge yourself through the process, not judge yourself for being good or great at it or terrible or not. Just like getting the ball rolling week by week, you'll get better. Your time management, your planning, uh, forecasting muscle will get really good. And it's really cool because then you start to master yourselves. I look at myself and my salespeople like MacBook Pros. I'm constantly trying to up update my hard drive and my output. And like, if, if your listeners just take a solid four weeks to run that play, I bet you what, that their productivity would like triple and they would, they would start to have fun with the process. Cause then what happens is you get clear, you get clarity, you get a game plan, stress, anxieties off your shoulders. Cause you like, okay, this is the direction I'm heading. I know what I need to do next. 
Yeah, no, totally. I love that. It's literally like just almost master list building, but like taking it a step further and aligning it with like your the desired lifestyle, your desired outcome and your core values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so what does like your typical day look like? What's like, do you have like a daily routine or what does that look like for you? Hey Gangstar, sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this episode so far, stop what you're doing right now and share this podcast with your friends on social media or text it to a friend in your contacts. If you're a true Gangstar and want to uplift and empower other creatives like I know you do, you're going to want to take a few seconds to do this now. Go ahead and pick your phone back up or click that browser tab that you're playing this episode in, hit that pause button and share it now. Hello, what are you waiting for? All right. Thank you for doing that. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I wake up, I do an AM mindset wiring. Uh, what time? I do it at 6 to 6.15 AM. So what I do is I set my alarm at 5.55 and I roll over and have, I have, uh, it's on my calendar, 6 to 6.15 AM recurring with the YouTube link in it called AM, AM mindset wiring. I'm going to send you this video. So if you want to share with your listeners. Um, yeah. With this I kid you not and then guess what I go back to bed and I set a second alarm at 6 15 because the video is about four, 14 minutes and I go back to bed and it's really cool because I'm half asleep when I do the thing and it just like sets my mind up for for positive thinking after that I do a, a priming block for 20 minutes I do this breathing exercise I'm going to send it to you it's a Wim Hof it's 11 minutes I just shot that over to you I drink two liters of water. I have a cup of black coffee and then I do this five minute stretch video because that's priming my machine. My mind's right. My oxygen's right. Most people don't breathe. I'm hyper hydrated. I'm stimulated and I'm limber every single day. Now I wasn't doing this before, but I'm back doing it. I'm like a week and a half into it. Then I run five miles and that's when I wrap. So I run five <laughs> miles and I wrap while I'm doing it. I go on beat stars. I have all the beats added to my playlist and I can write lyrics within the beat that I've selected. So that's how I get like so much done. I check in with my coach and then from 8 a.m. until about 5.30 p.m. is my, my, my business, my quote unquote nine to five, my eight to five. Mm-hmm. And then from um, 5.30 until 10 p.m. is free game. It's whatever I need to do with my side projects. Uh, I typically like if I'm going to work on music, I give myself four hours. Um, I need that four hour. I can't like, for me, it's hard to get creative in two hours, because I feel like at the two hour mark is when I start to get really warmed up. So like, um, I'll have that evening time. But through the weekdays, it's typically just studio time. And then on Saturdays and Sundays is really when I go all out with my creative stuff. So that's like a typical day for me. I do do a wind down where I do some reflection. I reflect on my character. I reflect on my goals. I reflect on my output, my performance, and then I prepare the next morning. So like get my workout clothes ready, get my morning routine ready. Um, and then I meditate and then I'm out. Rain sounds bed, into bed. Around what time do you typically go to bed? Probably like 10, 30, 10 to 11. And then I'll wake up. Yeah, I try to get a solid seven hours minimum. Otherwise, I get sick, I get burnout, and I'm just not efficient for anybody. Hmm. 
I love that you have this um, strict regimen, but also I want to share just because we're friends that it might sound intimidating or like, dang, like he does all this stuff and gets all this stuff in one day, but you're still like one of the people that I know that's probably like super spontaneous too. So to everybody listening, like, don't let all that fool you. Like, obviously that's like his typical, like ideal day. And he does this often, which is why he is where he is today. But also he doesn't like let that get in the way of having fun and being spontaneous. Like Nicholas is the type of guy that will just like buy a plane ticket and travel somewhere just because. It gets lit over here for sure. I get my stuff done, but I also get lit. I have a lot of fun. Yeah, and I love that, and I think that's what's important. You got to have fun. You got to get out and shake it. You got to two-step. You got to to have some fun. Otherwise, you ain't going to have for nobody. Exactly. Um, So is there anything – so you shared earlier, like, some of the sales experience that you have applied into your music career – was um like when that girl obviously was being rude and took the mic from you and like building that resistance against no and rejection is there any other ways that you apply your sales experience to your music career yeah 100 percent. like like for instance i have a i have a high ticket uh sales consulting business that i i freaking crush on the side and i feel like the reason it crushes is because i've kept this simple like i don't have all the time in the, it's a skill set that i have that i can monetize but i don't have all the time in the world to, to like run it so i kept it simple like i've run i've run the same process for um the sales thing that i did for the music stuff i see a lot of artists and stuff not doing this they think they think that they're gonna they're gonna blow up off of one song and it's like it's not <laughs> like that anymore it's like there's more musicians, there's more noise, there's more artists, like, and you gotta, you gotta put the reps in, you gotta connect with the people. So like, I have like my free Facebook book, my uh, free Facebook group, like my Starve Your Doubt Facebook group, where I get people in, do like a daily post, like that's same thing I do for the sales thing. It's like, I got my, my free group that I run, and then I offer something for free, right? where I can connect with them. Like my Savage group, they get like a free uh, sales audit. And it's basically a set call. Where they get on the call, we set them, and then we close them for the high ticket. But for like the, the music stuff, it's like same thing. It's like create a community, you know, give them free shit, motivation. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, hey, by the way, listen to my music. You know what I mean? So it's like the brand and the mission's the forefront. And the music is just like what comes along with it, as opposed to like the music being the forefront. Like I'd rather stand for something and have a mission and people get to enjoy the music, uh, vice versa. And that's what allows me to sell like books and sell merch. And also the cool thing is, is like what I've definitely used is like I've leveraged my sales ability, like, cause there's so many people out there in uh, conferences that would love to pay me to come out and talk sales and then perform, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like dual edge value. But like, that's what's worked for me. It's just like, there's no reason like artists can't set up, just like all these internet marketers are setting up funnels. There's no reason for uh, creatives not to have funnels. Because all you're really doing in sales is you're targeting a problem and then you're bridging uh, a gap and then providing a solution. Same thing with, with art, you know, in, in, in the own uh, form, you're, you're solving a problem, right? Music especially music, right? Like I think music now, especially with 2020 with COVID and everything, that's why streaming uh, platforms are, are going through the roof. 
and uh, people are more um, vulnerable and reactive or proactive, whatever you want to call it with music, because like there's so much shit going on in the world right now. It's like, you're solving a problem. You're, you're, you're get, giving a space for people to feel free or, you know, like for whatever they need to do. Right. Like I like to create music, especially now with the new stuff I got coming out, I like get people to have some fun, get them to dance. You know, I'm talking my shit, you know, I'm, get, I'm going, <laughs> going with the beat, getting people, you know, like people getting, you know, cause it's, it, but the, the problem solving is getting people off, off all the stress of life, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, like have a funnel for that. You know what I mean? Throw a free explain was a explain what a funnel is to the listeners because i'm sure a lot of people don't know what that is so a funnel is like you have like a website right a funnel is basically like a one-page website it's a one-page website it could be viewed on a computer it could be viewed on a phone and typically you have like a real catchy uh banner line that grabs their attention and like a vsl so a video sales letter it's a video right and the goal and the idea is to do two things it's to extract personal information and to sell, right? So what you can do is like, you can offer something for free and that way you get their name, their phone number and their email. Once you get their name and phone number and email, you're in a great place. You've got, a, you've got a, what's called a lead. And that's really what you're trying to do. You're trying to get a lead. Um, so like, I personally haven't done it yet and we're working towards it, but I know like what we're gonna be doing is like, we're gonna be offering name, phone number and email we're gonna be offering like a free motivation library, right? Like uh, a, a basically a, a, a short course for people to get motivated. And then with that, they're gonna get like three unreleased tracks, like motivational fire, right? They get it for free. I get their name, their phone number and email. And then I just call them, like you can create a script. Once you get that phone number, you create a script where you can call them on the phone and 10 minutes and you can sell them something. You can sell them merch, you can sell them your CD. Um, I know some, some people that even just like do scripts where they just fundraise, <laughs> they get people to donate, you know what I mean? Like support the cause. So it's like funnel is all about getting the personal information and then driving revenue based behavior, sales calls, video, uh, sales emails. Um, you can send video uh, letters, you know, there's, there's so many ways to skin a cat when it comes to a funnel like what, how I'm able to stand apart is like, not only do I have the music, but I got like, I got books, I got merch that stands for something like my Starve Your Doubt merch, like some cool stuff. And like, it, it's nothing to call somebody and close 50 to $200. Like just nobody's doing that in the industry right now. And that's why I'm excited about because like, I've already started doing that. I've already made money at some level generating leads and, and pushing product um we're like it's freaking free market right now to do stuff like that and yeah yeah, yeah. well i've been hearing like especially for musicians um in today's age so to speak like with social media and everything you don't really rely on like labels or getting some sort of deal it's like you have different streams of um income from like your merchandise or just other little things like kind of like how you were you were sharing so i think it's cool that you shared about like you know building a funnel as a creative artist um and using that to get contact information and then from there you're like winning their hearts and ears and then you can sell whatever else you you have in mind for them yeah 100 percent. like i look at like labels and again this is like me stepping in the industry it's like Labels are like B2B 
and independence like B2C. So like I used to sell B2B for supplements where I had to work through a distributor and I had to work through a store to get to the customer. And like that's B2B is dying out in the supplement industry because it's like, you don't need to do any of that. You could just go straight to the consumer. And the same applies for music, especially with like social media. It's like, you don't need a label to grow your brand or grow your sound and to get fans. You just need to get to the fans. And it's like the whole mindset's changing. That's why I see so many big artists, like people like Russ that are, are not court. Some people think they're putting down labels when in reality, he's just speaking facts. Just go straight to the consumer. You're going to find the people that connect with you. You know, all you need is a hundred people um, or a thousand people spending a hundred bucks a year. And, you know, and there's your six figs, you know what I mean? It's like in the grand scheme, I think Matt's right on that. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, that's really not that much. You know? Yeah. It's not a lot of people to like make a living doing music. You know what I mean? So like just yeah. get, to, get to the people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to know, um, you shared in like the, your questionnaire that you sent in that you were able to make 10K in six months throughout your recent music career. So I'm curious to know what steps or what things you did to make that 10K in six months. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I just like hit literally hit up everybody on my, my DM list. And I just did a blurb a little bit about my story. You know, I struggled with this, this and this. And um, just like push my merch. So I'm all about sales. Like I can't sell if I don't speak to people. I made like two and a half K, two and a half K pushing merch. I uh, sold a bunch of like books. I did probably like, um, it's actually more than 10K. I did like three or four K just some book. I even like, again, I said in the span of six months, I'd even like push this product the whole time. Like if I did, I probably made like 50 K. Um, I just like, my primary revenue driver is Lady Boss, so I focus on that. But like, mm-hmm. sold like 4K in books, and then I I had a show where someone offered me to come speak, and I said in order for me to speak and to perform, you need to do uh, 5K. You know, like book orders, merch for everybody in the crowd, and then I'll I'll come do my thing. And it was sick. I got to go talk sales, and at the end, I put on a fucking show, and people were fucking. <laughs> I love that. And I think a lot of people listening, I've shared this on some other interviews about like how public speaking can be a, like an awesome extra source of income because people don't know you can make money from speaking. And the fact that you're able to take speaking, you know, where you can make money from just doing that. But also it's like, hey, I can make it 10 times better by also performing. And then also, you know, with um, the investment that you make in me, I'll hand out free books um, and whatever else you got on hand too. So I think that's really smart to share that. Yeah, and my, my next big move is, like, I'm just going to get my own fucking space to throw my own events, my, yeah. own, shows, my own speaking engagements, and then I have other people that want to come speak. You know what I mean? Like, they can come, sp- they come speak there for – I won't even charge them shit, and they can, they can bring all the people that they want. And that's my free funnel is they bring their people, and I, I just perform all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like I don't want to depend on other people to, like – create my result I have to depend on myself and just go make it happen yeah for sure for sure are there any like sales basic sales techniques or steps that you can share with our listeners as far as like I don't know in in person conversation or over the phone or just any basic sales techniques that you feel like would be beneficial to our listener 100% two books everybody write this down listening 
way <laughs> by Jordan Belfour and straight uh straight uh, uh pitch anything by Orange Black. Like those are the two. Those are my two bibles because there's two things. Number one, all sales is negotiation. All sales involves two frames. And it doesn't matter if you're a painter, if you're a hip hop artist, if uh, you're a designer. Like if there's a business and a consumer, there is two frames coming together. And the stronger frame is always going to win. And Pitch Anything teaches you how to have a stronger, the, the stronger frame in the sales, uh, uh, sales process. Uh, Way of the Wolf teaches straight line sales. So like all the, there's like people may think from like a 10,000 foot perspective that don't know sales that like all sales conversations are different. But the reality is, is all sales are the same. It's a straight line. There's a beginning, there's a middle there's the end. Like if you're, if you're entering a conversation with somebody where you want them to spend money on your product, it's in fact a sale. And you need to go in with that straight line mindset that I'm going to take this person to the cash register at the end of this conversation. I'm going to, I'm going for the sale, right? So uh, Wavable teaches that straight line methodology. And then uh, the third thing is like, you should go out and like, funnel hack some of your your favorite businesses like people that do crush it in sales and just listen to how they're having their sales conversations and then then what go make a script you know what i mean and just get clear on the the journey that you're going to take your customer through from point of interaction and introduction to point of them giving their credit card over the phone or them handing you cash and the meat and potatoes is the straight line sales process it's handling frame and understanding negotiation and persuasion skills, and then having a script, which is your, your, your vehicle that's going to take you to the cash register. And if people just focus on those, those three uh, pillars, they'll make more money. I guarantee it. Mm, I love that. I love that. Do you have like a team that, I mean, obviously you have a team working for later lady boss because you're a VP of sales, but in general, like in life, what does your team look like that helps you make your life easier or help you in like your music business and things? Do you have an assistant, agent, yeah. manager, or do you kind of still do everything on your own and manage your life on your own? Who are those people that help make your life easier? Yeah, I have a personal assistant that handles like all, all things life, ordering me things, chastis, hygiene stuff, like um, everything, like I have like, I just started meal prep service. I don't want to, I don't want to cook anymore. I'm done cooking. I don't want to <laughs> waste my time doing that because the five hours per week it takes to get meals or order or whatever, five hours I could be wrapping. So I need that time back. So I've started meal prep. Um, a third thing is I have my manager. I started working with my buddy. He handles like contracts. I just booked a show with Bexy. I don't know, he's got uh, some of you guys listeners may have heard know who he is got like 700k followers on instagram probably my first big artist and he did stuff. congrats yeah so like he he got all the paperwork he booked the show he communicated with the the booking agency and i got all the paperwork signed like i don't i don't want to i can't focus on that and then i got my merch guy and my videographer team that focus on uh designing my merch getting into the store and then my video team I, t I typically direct all, like all my projects you see, I directed it, I did the vision, um, but I just have my, my buddy, my best friend, Laren has been with me since the beginning. He handles all the, the design, like the, the wardrobe um, and helps me coordinate 
the sets and stuff like that. And then I have my engineer. I do have a producer. He throws me beats every once in a while. The ones that are fire, I do. I got a song, These Dreams, coming out um, from my producer, K-Sounds, and then my engineer, Jericho. So, like, those are the, the main people I work with that a lot because I can't do any of the, the music stuff without those people you know what I mean I'm too busy mm -hmm. boss, yeah. I love it and I think it's cool that you even share that because a lot of creatives feel like they have to do everything on their own or like they don't want to give uh -huh. control out to other people so I think it's important when people share like no there's like a team behind me that helps make everything possible <laughs> you need to write this down and believe it and step into it in order to go up you need to give up Mm. I look at my journey between like two employees to like close to a hundred. It's just constant, just a constant process of letting go tasks and responsibility, letting somebody else take it and then taking on higher level things. And as you get higher and you take on more and you do more, it's just like you simply just let go more in order to make more room for other things. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm -hmm it's a recipe for burnout and, and ultimately never getting to where you want to be if you're constantly hanging on to everything 100 something that i always ask all my guests is how do you think we as a creative community can annihilate the status quo of the starving artist first and foremost just like don't believe that shit because mm -hmm. you know what i mean like those that say they can and those that say they can't both are usually right and both will usually do what they say they can do. And I think like, right, it's an infrastructural uh, thing that happened. There was a season where people weren't making a lot of money and it's like, we live in a day and an age now where it's like, we all have the same platform and we all have the same opportunity. Like with the internet, like you could sell anything and it doesn't matter how you pitch that ball, whether it's creative or supplements or sales, like, it's honestly all the same play and it's just like first of all get rid of that belief and i think number two like go sell like go ask for the money have a product have a mission and go do the reps and i think like through the process of starving your dow which is tattooed on my leg what will happen is is you'll get your first win and then you'll you'll feel like holy shit like i can do this and then you'll get your second sale and you're like, wow, I'm doing it. I can do it. It's possible for me. I need to just 10x this. And eventually you just like all those limiting beliefs and those doubts that you have, you've outworked those beliefs and they no longer are a part of your, um, your, your psyche and your belief. That's just my mindset. Like, how do, you, how do you get rid of that? It's like, get rid of the belief, outwork the belief and get the reps in right they say that there's no i in team right so like that's a that's a big level stereotype so like as a as creatives we're on the same team right but i believe that there is an i in team it's it's i my responsibility to do what i need to do to move the team and the mission forward so like if, if i want to as a as a as a creative community to change that belief we need to first start with ourselves or we need to like number one just like acknowledge and accept and this is, this is how convicted I am that that believes fucking bullshit, right? Like maybe back in the mm -hmm. day in the thirties when we didn't have social media that reached 8 million or billion people, like, yeah, maybe, but like we live in a day and age now and now, especially with everybody quarantined, everybody's stuck on their phones, right? We have access mm -hmm. to so many people and it doesn't matter if you're selling supplements or if you're selling fashion or if you're, you're a hip hop artist, like 
we all have a, a field that we can play on where we can create a product and then go out and sell. So I think like, number one, just don't ever believe that that's a true thing. Cause it's not, I'm here to tell you today from someone that was broke and literally lived in my car for five weeks. Like, like there's, there's money out there and there's people that be happy to give you money for whatever it is that you're, you're doing. Right. And the second thing is like, start that doubt, right? Like outwork that belief, go sell, go get humiliated, go fail go have a 5% close ratio for 90 days. Like, because until you go through the failures and the rejection and the sticking points, you're never going to grow your, your, your mental muscle. You're never going to grow your productivity. You're never going to grow a skill set that produces money. So like go out, go for it, create a script that sucks and then go back and listen to your recorded sales process or listen to yourself selling and then make tweaks and make it better and then go do it again right? And just keep getting those reps in. Because what's going to happen is eventually you're going to start to get those small wins. And the, the belief system that you can do it and that it's possible for you is going to get stronger than the belief system that says that I can't do it and that uh, it's not possible for me, right? So I think like, it's I, my responsibility to do what I need to do to, to raise my belief. And then by doing that, you're going to inspire other creatives to do the same. And I think as a collective, that's how we can uh, uh, demolish that super limiting stereotype. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, and it's definitely a different perspective than what a lot of my past guests have shared. So thank you for that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I yeah. hope, I hope it, it's, I hope this lights a fire under somebody's ass. I hope the, <laughs> next, the next Drake or the next Mozart is listening to this and didn't think that they can do it and then they they're like shit i need to go sell and they just go out and they they have a thousand dollar commission day you know what i mean like yeah you deserve it like man like especially now people need art man they need they need a they need release they need entertainment and um it's about i know like the industry is different in a lot of areas for a lot of people but it's just about adapting and rolling with the punches and then keeping the reps going absolutely so what's next for you? What's next for me? Um, so what's next for me? So I have a five song EP coming out with Rossi Rock. So Rossi Rock is an artist that was signed to Mac Miller's original uh, label. Uh, he had super well-respected artist in San Diego. Um, I love his sound. We dropped in a project with him. I got a um, song called Privilege coming out with Maze who's signed to Tech Nine's label. Um, it's all about uh, white privilege and just addressing everything that's been going on in the world, especially with, um, you know, just like the, just like my, my version of my protests. Like I, I wanted to find a way to like make my voice heard. I got that song coming out. Got a song with Il Nicky coming out. He's blowing up. Um, Michael Christmas coming out. And then I have uh, uh, a pretty decent sized um, mixtape coming out, probably like 12 new tracks. So I got a lot of, lot of, lot of tracks, a lot of videos. Um, my book, my four books, my new, my uh, Limitless Life Transformation System is going to be coming out. It's a four book bundle, 650 pages. A lot of the stuff I talked about, like productivity mindset, healing wounds, and just going out and crushing goals, setting goals in them is in that book. So I'll be uh, focusing on that, going on a podcast tour. And then just scaling Lady Boss and just uh, my goal is to hit 100 salespeople um, by the end of the year. We're projecting that 
so just keep running that um and yeah i mean i, I want to i definitely want to be like the next diddy you know what i mean i know i have mm -hmm. uh hopefully uh five years from now i can look back on this podcast with a lot of people and say that you know, he went and did it so like my, i'm focused very big very very big ah i love it and you know me and kevin are always here for you and supporting you so I'm excited to see what the next few years and what you have coming up is going to do for you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you and Kevin and uh, your listeners. And uh, yeah, you guys could do this. You guys can, you can achieve these goals. It's possible. Um, and I look forward to hearing hopefully some sales wins after people hear this and uh, pick up the, definitely pick up those books and go through them. I promise you they'll, they'll impact you in a really, very good way. Yeah, I'm going to link all his social media and all the links we talked about and everything in the show notes and on the website. Um, so make sure you go follow him, check that out. If you do take anything that you learned from this podcast, make sure you send him a message, send me a message and let us know. Um, mm -hmm. Nicholas, yeah, Nicholas, thank you so much for your time today. I'm excited to, for everybody to hear this episode and I'm excited for everything that's going going to happen for you, man. You too, D. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes, and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and 5 ways to boost your online sales PDF. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.